0: standing for the reading of the scripture which is found on page 1763 Romans chapter 3 or chapter 12 verses 3 through 8 i'm actually going to begin it with verse 2 Romans chapter 12 hear the word of god do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what god's will is his good pleasing and perfect will for by the grace given me i say to every one of you do not think do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith god has given you just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function so in christ we who are many form one body This is the word of God for the people of God. All right, I got a question. I know we can all answer this one. Does everybody here speak English? Does anybody that doesn't speak English here? Okay, that's what I thought. Now, is there anybody here that speaks a different language, like Spanish or French? No, this is not about speaking in tongues. It's, It's not. I mean, you maybe I know a few words of Spanish. I took it in high school. Don't remember a lot. You might know some French, maybe German, Polish. Could be anything that people know. But think about a time when you were young, when you didn't know there was any language other than English. I mean, that's what you were taught, right? That's what you were taught when you were growing up. If you were raised in a family that spoke Spanish, then you probably learned Spanish. But more than likely, at some point in your life, you came to realize there are other languages out there, right? Someone either told you or you discovered it for yourself, right? But we weren't born with that knowledge, were we? We were not born with the knowledge of several, I don't know, hundreds of languages in this world. So just think about that. Keep that in the back of your mind for a moment. I'll bring it back up. So, we're in the gifts of the Spirit teaching. And we had covered the 1 Corinthians chapter 12 over the last couple of weeks. And now we're moving into Romans chapter 12. And the gifts that Paul points out, such as teaching, leadership, serving, giving, um, encouraging, or exhortation is the more proper word for it. And there's others. But I had a question come to mind this week, and I know many of you probably have too. How many are there? Now, if you look at that test back there, it's in the 20s, like 23, 22 maybe. I can't remember. I I haven't counted them for a while. That's one interpretation. You ask anybody, how many gifts of the Spirit are there? You're going to get different answers, depending on who you talk to. If you talk to a Jewish person, they're going to say there's seven And they're in the book of Isaiah. And they don't really match what we've talked about. Some of them do. Most of them don't match what we've talked about. You ask someone from, that's a Mormon. They're going to say 22. And they'll probably be able to quote every single one of them. Some will match, some won't. You ask a Catholic, they're going to name the nine in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You ask other people, you might get... 15, 20, 22. You're going to get all different answers. How can everybody be right? Is that right? Yeah. You know why? There's one little thing in here that Paul said. See if you caught it. Um, For just as we have many parts in one body, and all bodies parts do not have the same function, So we who are many in one body in Christ and individually parts of one another. However, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to use them properly. According to the grace given to us, grace is given by God. Grace comes upon a person who, and many times when God anoints a person for service, to his kingdom, this grace will rest upon them. And the grace is according to the gift or the office that they are working in. Now, God does not create silos. He does not create swimming lanes. I don't care what other kind of symbolism you want to use. Lanes on a highway. He does not create that. He doesn't say, if you have the gift of knowledge, you do not Use wisdom or prophecy or healing. You stay in this lane. He doesn't do that. What he does is he gives a greater amount of grace to someone who has that gift and teaches them, if they're willing, to work in that gift. And he doesn't say you can't move beyond that. He wants you to move back. He wants you to be fluid. The Holy Spirit is fluid. The Holy Spirit is not rigid. The Holy Spirit at any moment can talk to any of you and have you speak in tongues, can have you prophesy, can have you heal. I have a friend who just recently told me they were at a church meeting and and someone came in and said they had throat cancer. This person felt the leading of the Holy Spirit to lay hands on this person and pray for healing. Is that person healed? haven't heard yet. I believe it's a good possibility that person's going to be healed because the Holy Spirit moved on that person in that moment and that person stood up and got everybody to come together and pray over that person. Now, what does healing consist of? Does it mean it'll be gone completely? I pray that it is. Or does it mean that the healing was more spiritual, more mental, more emotional? We don't know, but healing took place because the Holy Spirit moved in someone who doesn't buy any stretch of the imagination really have the gift of healing, unless now that person does. So what I'm saying is at any moment, God can move on anyone in any of these gifts. Now, the gifts that we brought up today, leadership, administration, um, exhortation, teaching, serving, they're what I would call the more common gifts, the gifts that most people have without even realizing it. I know in this church, there are a lot of people who have the gift of service. How do I know that? Look at our outreach ministries, the food pantry, Monday meals, Bible cafe. We know we have a lot of teachers, and yes, if you are a teacher in a school, you have the gift of teaching. And yes, it probably came from God. We have all kinds of people with different gifts. We have people with the gifts of administration. I am not one of them. (laughs) I, but does that mean that I can't do administration? No, but what it is, how do I know, how does someone know if they have this gift? If someone can just sit down and organize things, know what to do in a certain situation, what boxes to check, what papers to put together, that person probably has the gift of administration. My oldest daughter is the most organized person I've ever met. She's been organizing things since she was able to even think, like probably three years old. She's been organizing things, whether it be just putting all blocks of the same color together, or she just I could tell you countless stories of things that she's done as she was growing up. That's the gift of administration coming out because it's natural. Now, I, that doesn't mean I can't organize, but I have to really give it a lot of thought. I gotta think about it. So that's not my gifted area. But there are other areas where God has anointed me with gifts that I can just without even thinking, just start talking and things will come out. So one way we know what our gifts are is, what are you good at? What do you like to do? What do you feel natural in doing? And please don't say nothing, because I know that's not true. But this list now has some that, oh, well, okay, serving, yeah, I like to serve. Or, you know, people have said I'm a good leader. Or, yeah, I can organize things. And, oh, you know, I'd like to encourage people. Yeah, I like to spread the encouragement. And it comes natural to me. Mercy, the gift of mercy, when you have compassion, sometimes it's referred to as empathy for others. That's a gift of God. Did you re- not realize that? That's a gift of God, and a lot of people have that gift. But don't run away from these gifts because we all have at least one. Now, having said that, in here, in, the, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, um, and 12 and in 14, Paul really emphasizes one that he didn't have, but he knew he could because the Holy Spirit was telling him. And that is the gift of prophecy. And he actually encourages us in 1 Corinthians 14 that we all should desire the gift of prophecy. How do you do that? How do you just get this gift? Well, God gives it to you. And if you want it, ask. Ask. Just ask. Does it mean he'll give it to you? Not necessarily. But in asking, you're going to do a couple things. You're going to start talking to God if you're not already talking to him, and you're going to be listening, because with the gift of prophecy, it's all about hearing in your mind what God is saying. The words just come. Now, how does that differ from just hearing from God as an individual? It doesn't have the gift of prophecy. It's it's not a lot different, but it's different, and it's kind of hard to explain, but that's the other thing it's going to do is if you start listening for God because, hey, I want this gift of prophecy, you're going to start listening and you're going to start hearing because whether you believe it or not, God speaks to every single one of us all the time, every day, many times a day. Most of the time, we just don't realize he's talking. But have you ever had that gut feeling? Sure, we've all had that gut feeling. You know what a gut feeling is? What is that feeling that you feel like you know something's not right. That's the Holy Spirit telling you, get out of this situation. Telling you, speak up and say this. Telling you, come up front when the pastor calls you up front. That's the Holy Spirit working in you. That's hearing from God. That's one of the ways he speaks to us. So in these gifts, he is working in us, sometimes very overtly, We hear, we have those gut feelings, we know those, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't remember. We got these feelings that we just know what to do in a certain situation. That's God working in that gift, whatever it may be, whether it be teaching or serving. It's God driving you through the Holy Spirit. Other times, you're just going about your day, you're just talking to people, and maybe you just compliment them on something. Maybe you just smile at them. Maybe you just step out of the way while they walk past. You know, there are things that happen that we don't ever know why they happened and we'll never know unless God tells us someday when we get to heaven. That's the Holy Spirit moving in you. No, he's not taking away your free will. He's nudging you. Oh, I should stop at this stop sign and wait a couple seconds longer. And then as you're driving down the road, Oh, there was an accident. I just missed that accident. Because you waited a few seconds at a stop sign. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the less overt way that he's working in us every day. My sister has a friend who worked at the World Trade Center. Forgot to set her alarm on September 10, 2001. was late for work. She's still alive. You think she forgot to set the alarm, or did the Holy Spirit prompt her to not set her alarm that night? That's what I believe happened. So these things are happening all the time. So when they happen, they start to build patterns, and we can see these patterns, and people recognize it. If people come up to you and say, you know, I love the way you do what you do, the way you lead, the way you organize, the way you encourage, the way you teach... The way you just seem to know what's going to happen. Though that little bit of encouragement coming from someone else is the Holy Spirit prompting them to let you know, another way God talks to us through others, to let you know, hey, I just had five people in the last week tell me that I'm a really good leader. Maybe I have the gift of leadership. No, that's not me saying it personally. I don't have that gift. (laughs) But... That's what I'm saying. When you hear things like that, people talking to you like that, take that as, that's the Lord speaking, telling you what your gift is. Why does he want you to know what your gift is? Because as we said, when we first started this, what Paul said, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, is that everything is done for the common good. For the common good. For everybody else. To build up, the church, build up his kingdom, and you're part of that common good. You're part of that common good. So when you do things and you say, I'm doing this for the Lord, you're doing it for the common good, you're part of that too. But when we say, hey, guess what I can do? And then you start pouring out a bunch of knowledge or you forcefully throw your wisdom upon someone, be careful. You can do that. But God can take away just as quickly as he can give. And if you misuse it, you will lose it. Because God doesn't want you to build yourself up. He wants to build you up. And when you're building yourself up, he's going to knock you right back down. He's done it countless times to people in the Bible. Look at Nebuchadnezzar. Built himself up, and then he was eating the grass with the cows. And God did it all. So, as you try to discover what your gift is, you can also consider this. I have been told many times, and I, I've, I've seen it too, but I've been told by many people, your memory is incredible. Is that not a gift from God? I certainly didn't do it myself. I and mean, I don't know how, like, especially with numbers, I can remember people's birthdays really well. I can remember specific dates, what I did on a specific date. I can tell you what I did, and not because of a a, it was just a traumatic event or something like that, but I can tell you what I did on July fifth, nineteen seventy-eight. Watched fireworks at my grandparents' house. Okay, and I can't. I'm not like memory man where I can remember every single date, but God has gifted me with a very strong memory, and. In recent times, he's taught me to use it to remember Bible verses. Now, I don't always get it right. Sometimes I get close. So it's something I need to keep working on. But that's not ever mentioned in the Bible, the gift of memory. Okay? But I recognize that as something coming from God. So maybe you have something that, hey, you know, I'm really good at whatever it may be. As long as it doesn't go against what the Bible says... I mean, you don't want to be really good at stealing or lying. I mean, I wouldn't call that a gift of God. So if it's not something like that, thank the Lord for what he's given you. Okay? Thank the Lord. So I guess what I'm saying is, as I put on the, I don't have it with me, on the takeaway card, God gives the gifts in many different ways. And allows us to work to make them happen to use them, to use them to help others, to, for, to use them for the common good. Singing, oh my goodness, I, I'm just amazed by the talented people in here who can sing. That's a gift from God. I don't have that. I know Mary Catherine, I know she's looking at me right now like, yes you do. No, <laughs> I don't know, we'll have to disagree on that one. <laughs> she thinks I'm a good singer and I appreciate that. That's encouragement. That's One of her gifts is encouragement. But anyway, let's move on. (laughs) But that's not something that's mentioned as a gift in the Bible. But there are gifted singers in the Bible. God working through these people to make music. That is a gift that comes from God. So when we talk about the spiritual gifts, it doesn't have to be something that is, you can say, this is it, it's one of the 22, one of the seven, one of the 12. That's why I said, you know, don't bother asking people how many there are. They're countless. So now back to what I asked you in the beginning. Someone had to tell you, or you learned for yourself, that there were other languages in the world, right? And at that point, you, did you say, oh, I'm a terrible person, I don't know Spanish. Have you ever said that? Well, maybe if you're like in your third year of taking a Spanish class and you still don't know it, possibly, but the first time you heard there was a language called Spanish, did you say, oh, I can't believe that I don't speak Spanish. Of course not, because it's not your language. So if anybody ever says, or you discover these spiritual gifts and you say, oh, I, I I don't know how to prophesy. I don't know how to heal. I can't do that. That's not coming from God. But that is a tactic of the enemy, to use it against you. They realize you know something, you know that you can't do something, and they're going to beat you down to the ground until you realize that you're no good, and that is not coming from God. So just because you can't do one of these gifts, don't let them use it against you. It is not for you, or at least not yet. Because guess what? You can learn Spanish, and you can become very fluent in it, You can learn French, German, any language, and become very fluent in it if you want to. But just because you can't do it from the offset, that's okay. Same thing with these gifts. If you can't do it right now, that's okay. Or if you think, hey, I've I've got examples in my past where I've known things were going to happen, but I don't know why. Or I've got examples in my past where I just you know, I just seem to know the answer to something that I shouldn't have known. Or, I just really like to teach people things, but I'm not a teacher. If you have moments like that, take it to God, because God is telling you, this is your gift. I want to build it up in you. Whatever it is, take it to God. But do not listen to the non-stop voices that come against us in the spiritual world and say, you can't do this. And as you start to develop your gift, they're going to tell you. If you remember what I told you a couple weeks ago, the enemy has a hand over your mouth. I lived like that for so many years. I was a pastor for many years with the enemy with the hand over my mouth until someone showed that to me and God released it and I accepted it and received it. It changed my life. Don't let the enemy bring you down because you feel like you can't do something. Because none of us come out of the womb speaking a foreign language, or any language for that matter. We learn it as we go. We learn the gifts as we go. Okay? So, tests are still in the back. There's still a few there if you want one. Um, Again, use it as a guide. It's not meant to say, this is my thing. This is to show you where you are right now, and that can change. If you want to talk to me about it, we can discuss it. If you desire a different one, you say, I'm not happy with this, then take it to God say, God, you know, I'd really like to be able to pray for someone and have them be healed. I'd really like to be able to know things that I shouldn't know. Take it to God whatever it is, they're freely given to all of us and open to anyone who has breath in their lungs. We can do this. We get to do this. All right, so, and you can ask me any questions about them. I'll encourage you any way I can. Next week, we're going to finish this series up in two weeks. Next week, we're going to talk about Ephesians chapter 4. If you want to read ahead, there's five things that are mentioned in there. Five specific gifts slash, I don't know. We'll just talk about it next week. Um, There's five things in there. Some controversy surrounding a couple of them, but we'll talk about that. And then at the end of the month um, in August, we're bringing in new members, by the way, August 28th. We're bringing in five new members, two transfers and three brand new members. And then we'll kind of wrap it up put a nice neat little bow on it, and we'll move on to something else in September. So, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for all of your gifts. No matter how significant we think they are or how insignificant we may think they are, whether they're listed in the Bible or not, thank you, Lord, for these gifts that come from your Holy Spirit. For, Lord, we know that as the power of Almighty God working in us. And we are grateful for this. May you teach us to use them and not abuse them. May we grow in them. May we get new ones. But all in all, Father, just help us to not only recognize when we see them, but to encourage each other when we move in them. We ask this of you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.